Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and I can't believe it, Alex Miller, but we've reached the end of the AFLW season for 2023 and the Brisbane Lions have claimed their second AFLW Premiership. They are the champions, Cat, and uh, look, it's a great win for them. They're a great team, Brisbane, and it was a fantastic game. We got to see two two teams that have been inspired form come this final series and uh, North pushed right to the end, but... but Brisbane just has your mat, and it was a great game to watch, but keen to break it down with both of you today. Absolutely, they did. All the way to the end, Alex Doherty and, you know, the three of us sitting here as, as neutral fans, um, and I think many neutral fans across the country got an absolute show with this grand final. I'll tell you what, we haven't had many AFLW grand finals yet, but I think this one is going at the top of the pile. Just a, an incredible game, a, a tough start, and then it all sort of broke open after half time and... You know, well done to Brisbane. Uh, those who have read my musings on the mongrel, uh, read my musings on Twitter or X or whatever you call it, um, <laughs> would, would have known exactly how I how I felt about Brisbane. They are an absolute ripping team. Craig Starswich, Cat, you and I, as particular, and I'm sure you'll you'll agree as well, Miller, that Craig Starswich is the greatest coach of all time. Yep, the man is the goat. The man is the goat of the AFLW. Um, obviously, it's going to change. You know, after the the foundation years, and we haven't even hit ten years yet of this competition, um, but at least of this era, the man is the GOAT coach. Yeah, <laughs> The GOAT! <laughs> he, that's why he's the GOAT. He's showing his credentials yep. on the big stage once again. Uh, I would have been shattered for them if they lost another one in Brisbane. It would have been one from five if they couldn't get up. Um, but, you know, it's disappointing for North Melbourne, but I guess starting back at the, the start of this grand final, Miller, in the, the first half, um, there's not much more I can say from the first half than Jazzy Garner going absolutely apeshit. Uh, the first quarter was a bit bit rough and tumble, um, and then she got going, and it all kind of sort of went from there for North. Well, they they got the cogs rolling through her, and I think they sort of without Jazzy Garner, Kate, you really wonder what this game could have been like. And this is why we got so furious when we were talking about the awards last week because it's not just how important Jazzy Garner is as an individual doc; it's how much better she makes North Melbourne when she is playing at this high level. They just look like an A-class team, for I think, 100%. Not a doubt in my mind that by halftime, she was by far and away the best player on the ground. Yep. Uh, everyone would have had her marked down for three. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone would have had her marked, marked down for three. And she she was dominating around the contested ball, around the clearances, uh, and kicked a couple of really important goals, one in the first quarter and one probably towards the end of that second quarter as well. But she's just... That's the sort of game she can play, and she's proven it week in and week out. And yep. it's just amazing that the umpires have not noticed it for for three for three years. I thought the matchup on Svark to Garner was predictable, um, but it looked like I don't quite know what happened with Svark, but she had heavily bandaged knee and mm. was, and didn't have much impact at all, Doc. Looked no, proppy, didn't she? Definitely looked proppy, and and definitely looked like she was struggling to go with her around the contest. So that forced the switch up around and we'll talk about Conan a little bit later, but I thought when that move was pulled to bring Conan in into the midfield and have a man up on Garner around stoppages, that was when the game changed for mine. And that was, uh, you know, Garner, I think what was it had another, about another dozen or so touches after, after half time, but it really felt like the, the impact in those possessions diminished mm. a fair bit. Yep. Yeah. And when, when Sark did start to look a bit proppy, Conan rotated around on her as well. And, um, that's certainly a part of, uh, we'll get to her performance, I think, later on. Um, Garner's first goal was massive as well, kicking that monster from basically... 45 metres! Oh, ridiculous, ridiculous. That's just what she does. But um, 
so many contributors for North Melbourne in that first half as well, Miller. Kim Rennie we were talking about a bit. Um, you know, we talked a bit about the ruck duel because these two midfields are so potent against each other. And uh, with Jenna Bruton going down basically in the opening minutes, it suddenly had to really um, go right, I think, for them in the midfield. And, and Rennie's uh, tap work to, to get it down to Garner, Riddell, uh, Mia King was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, she's very good, Kat, the, the 32 hit outs and five clearances as well. And I, I think, as you said, when, you know, they look for someone else's stand-up, we, we talk about Mia King. Kat, you wanted to talk about her. <laughs> she was immense, really. And, and, and clearances. Like, it's, what it's crazy. is that? It's, it's absolutely crazy. Together with nine tackles and 19 touches. But you said before we went to air, Kat, if Jazzy wasn't playing, you know, Mia would have been that, that player for North that yeah. would have kept them going because she was immense. I think that her impact around, you know, mainly the con- the contest in the middle, that was where it was sort of going right for her. And she um, she was pretty good. I-, I think that, you know, Sarah Wright had a bit of a stinker at the end, but it was <sighs> mostly good for the rest of the game, I thought. That's um, footy, isn't it, Doc? Yeah. She has an yeah. outstanding three quarters, keeps Dakota Davidson out of the game, and then she lets gives one free kick away and lets a few things slip and Dax wins the game for Brisbane. Yeah, that, that that is football, isn't it, Kat? I mean, you, you boys said it best there. Sarah Wright largely played on Dakota Davidson. I, I saw Ferguson sort of switch yeah. uh, when when Dakota was running deep, but when she was playing up up the ground, it was usually Wright who got the job, and only three touches up to up to three quarter time. And then for some for one reason or another, I think she sort of was trying to rely on her teammates a bit too much. I'm at that first mark, which was a precision kick from from Bell Doors to her. Um, you know, I think. Lulu Puller was expected to come in and make and make the um and affect the contest, but got nowhere near it, and that was where she sort of let herself down there. And I think it would capped off with that free kick uh, against uh, Ellie Hampson with about five minutes to go. I think it would have been. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very a little stiff in a respect, but that's football, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um. I, I guess on the other end of it oh, as well. Um. I want to talk about. Uh, matchups in the the forward line where we mentioned um you know that the matchup with Davidson but um I thought at the other end of the ground boys Jenny Dunn uh on <laughs> on Talia Randall gee whiz she's just a machine um uh, this woman and well deserved that she's got a premiership medal around her neck uh, it was an interesting time I guess uh in the forward line for for North Miller I mean obviously Sheila took that huge mark in the last quarter which was Enormous, and oh, sorry, the third quarter, and um, that sort of looked like it was going to break the game apart. But yeah. um, the rest of them, I thought it was, you know, aside from Ghana, it was just the one goal from Elso Lachlan who had a really good game. Um, but for a forward line that's looked pretty good, um, you know, for the past three or four weeks, um, probably disappointing for North. I mean, the back line of prison was immense. You couldn't yeah. really do much about it. But yeah, the structure just fell apart a bit, um, especially after halftime. Well, that was the one thing I thought like you said, Kat, is that when they actually looked decent in terms of creating the opportunity but just couldn't get the scores. They, they just couldn't yeah. generate any sort of I mean, goal threat. inside and, 50s. They beat Brisbane yeah. by 13 inside 50s. So that's, now. yeah, that's huge. Like, I mean, it's always the toughest thing out of a grand final doctor to take pluses away. But I think North will take that, you know, out, out of – take them with them to next season because, you know, Brisbane are a great defence, as Kat mentioned, and I think that – they just on the day just couldn't get the registered scores because they were actually generating opportunities and they looked like half decent looks, but they just couldn't kick a goal, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the um the shots on goal here from the North Melbourne contingent. You know, Sheila and O'Loughlin both with three, Garner two, and and Randall with one, and that that's about where that's about where it ended up. So yeah, they got their inside fifty entries, but their delivery inside fifty was quite ordinary uh, at large parts of the game. And I don't think it's entirely North Melbourne's fault. I think we need to brush on how Brisbane defensively play and that the tackle numbers again. We've said time and time again on this podcast that Brisbane are a, a great tackling team. I've branded them as the great disruptors because <laughs> they, they, they continue to pull this every week and that's yeah. a core – it's almost like a core piece in in how Craig Starsovich wants out what what he wants out of his players. You know, 109 tackles, Jeez. which broke the league record that was only set about three weeks ago by Sydney. Um and led, of course, by Courtney Hodder, who had about eight tackles in the first quarter alone, finished with 18 for the game. Miller. She, she, she should have been on board for about 36, the way she was going in that, that sort of first quarter. She was absolutely crazy. And I, I want to talk about Starsevich as well, boys. I, I think what he's done, you know, really with this group is that he's got everyone to buy in. And I think that it's always been – they've always had players poached away Brisbane and it's been a little bit of an issue, Cat, but – no matter who comes in and who is assigned with these roles, Craig just seems to get the best out of them. And I think it's mainly reflected through their midfield more than anywhere because we talk about is it, we talked about Dorsey last week, like oh, uh, the house, the roof is going to come off. But she's not labelled as a big, you know, big name in the AFLW in terms of, you know, think about the star mids. Even Ali Anderson, to some respect, before, you know, winning the, be- the best and fairest last year, wasn't talked about enough. And, you know, they didn't have the greatest, you know, game in the midfield with the numbers, they were down in the clearances by 18. But the big one that stood really close was the stoppage clearances, only minus 10. But that was where I think even though North were having the numbers, Brisbane was still having a better impact through there. Yeah, they got jumped out of the centre clearances for sure all game long. Um, but it's a player like Dawes who does change that. And, and her role changed throughout the game too, which is what is most impressive, I think, about Starsevich Miller. We've talked so much about this year, how he's willing to pull those triggers. We didn't quite see the Shannon Campbell forward, um, but, which is okay. Um, but Conan ended up forward and in through the midfield as well, like we mentioned before. Dawes, you know, she started the game being that ball winner. She had eight touches in the first quarter, was firing off handballs to her, her teammates. And then come the second quarter, she's laying six tackles, and she kept doing that, seven tackles in the second half as well. Um, you know, she took a back seat to, to Anderson um, and then Conan when she was in there. But... It's just what they do so well, Doc. Yeah. They've got these players who not even just playing across multiple lines, but playing multiple roles throughout the midfield. And I've got no doubt in my mind that Star said, you know, um, Dorsey sparks a little bit, you know, under the weather. She can't move as well. You need to lay more pressure. And we need a hero. You did. She delivered it. Uh, and so many of the rest of these players delivered it too. Anderson, 12 tackles as well. It was great to see. Hotter, 18, like we mentioned, when she's moving through. Um, it's just such a well-oiled machine at Brisbane. Yeah, and and the thing is as well, and we've already mentioned it, is that you know the players have kept coming and going. I mean, you know, the first round of expansion, they had about seven or eight players that left to go to to North Melbourne, to 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 Gold Coast, to to Richmond, to to all those sort of clubs, and they've all and it took them a couple of years to get back to where they were, and and they just never left left their place, even as far as last year. They lost the the league's best goal kicker in Jesse Wardlaw. They lost a, a league best in Ferris and Emily Bates, and an All Australian forward in Greta Bodie. Mm. You, you can't. That's something that you shouldn't be able to replace. But somehow, some way, Brisbane and Craig Starsevich have have done it. And 
and it's just and it's just good tactics. I mean, Conan wasn't playing anywhere else other than the defensive half last year. The decision to pull her from defence, get her into the midfield, and play as another as another rotation. That's coaching genius. Yep. You yep. Know, Shannon Campbell playing as a, as a key forward for large parts of the year. That's that's another masterstroke. Last year she was nowhere near it. You know she was she was stationed in defence, won a best on grand medal, uh, play, playing in defence. That's how she, bloody good she is. She can play anywhere. That's <laughs> how good. Uh, that's how good this Brisbane coaching staff is, and 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 just this organisation in, in terms of their women's department. They come in, they train them, they they. They have the buy-in to go and get fit over the off-season. They come back. They're looking like they're looking like they're ready to take the competition by storm. And yeah, they had some bumps on the road this year, but they they pulled through the stops when it mattered most. I yeah. think it just comes to as well, Cat. As I said, the belief. You know, mm. as Doc said, all those points there. You know, being able to have that confidence to play in different positions is just the the trust from the coaching staff to have that belief as an individual and. That's why Brisbane, I think they're just the best all-round team in the comp and not just because they've just won a flag, but the role players, the stars and and those hard-working sort of blue-collar players they've got is just the best mix in, in the comp. And they yeah. showed it on the weekend and that, that's how you get a flag. That's how you get it done. Yeah, and that's how you have players like Nat Kreider who has had a you know a solid season, but by her standards and what we've seen she can be as an all-Australian level defender... Not yep. amazing. And then she comes out and has her best game of the year in a, in a grand final, you know. Um, you talk about players taking their moments. A player like Charlie Mullins, I know you've been big on her, Miller, and I, I do love little Charlie Mullins. She's great. She's a ripper. Um, I love you know, it. She was a goal. goal. Keeps a goal. Brilliant goal. Has four clearances as well, which I thought was really, really important um, when she rotated through there. Someone like um, Ellie Hansen. Once again, Stars is throwing egg on my face, Doc. I said, get Ellie Hanson more through the mids. Nah, she'll just stay forward and kick two, no worries. Um, and the ultimate player of taking your opportunity, Dakota Davidson. Like, this is seriously a Lazarus-type resurrection with Dax. So everybody thought she was done for not just this game, but months with she's going to have this knee injury to rehabilitate. And she comes out and quite literally drags the team over the line in the last quarter. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to go back to that Charlie Charlotte Mullins and and Lily Postlewaite as well. Like you, when they were drafted, they you would have thought that they'd probably have seen very minimal minutes across the forward half, but they've taken this te- they they've taken it to this team like a duck to water. Yeah. And the, you look at Dakota Davidson. You know, I thought look when you saw her run, she didn't look hampered. By, mm. by the knee injury, she looked like she was moving well. So I don't think I don't think it was a massive issue. I think they got the call right, and they certainly yeah. got it, certainly got it right in the last quarter when she was just clunking everything and kicking, <laughs> kicking them from about forty yards. Oh, um, she's taking but, the piss. Oh, she was taking the piss, Miller. But that's that's Brisbane footy, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, they're so methodical with how they approach the game. They know they've got they've got the guys there that can weave the wisdom in and, and make these girls believe that they can play other roles, that they can be a, a critical piece in this team. And it, it's just a, it's just a magical team. Yep. I, I just, it sounds, it sounds a bit preschoolish when I put it like that, but I, I've never seen a football team that have lost that many players over the years and have them replace, have them replaced and still come in and do the job. Dumbledore I would be proud, proud of this proud of this team, that's for sure. <laughs> You're a wizard, <laughs> Stars. <laughs> I think it's why I, I do rate what Stars has done maybe a bit more highly than someone like Doc Clark, where you know he's lost good players as well. 
Um, losing Ash Saint, probably comparable to, to losing Wardlaw. Um, you know, both at their best, they can be game-winning forwards, but, you know, just the calibre of players that have come out of this yeah, Brisbane correct. team, players like Caitlin Ashmore, Emily Bates, Jesse Wardlaw, uh, all walk straight into this team, you know, um, and... I mean, there's more than I, <laughs> I'm not adding that, on as well. That's Credit the thing, too. It's just the depth, um, isn't it? It's crazy. And, yeah, it's, it's just amazing what they've been able to do. Well and truly deserved winners of this year's flag, Brisbane. And, you know, I, we said it before the finals, Doc, that they were on the best form of any team coming into the finals. They'd beaten all the other teams in the top four. No one else had done that. Um, and, you know, people wrote them off because, oh, dodgy loss to St Kilda. Couldn't get it done against Collingwood. <laughs> who are ostensibly quite a bogey team for the Lions, <laughs> uh, the Pies. And it, it, it all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You get to the finals and if you do this for four weeks, that's that's all that counts. That's it. I mean, you know, they, they'll probably, they probably due to have bumps in the road anyway as they sort of, as they iron out this list. But what we saw start of the year and, you know, what we saw towards the back end of the year where they completely tranced Melbourne, you know, it doesn't, like you can't afford to have those little bumps in the road as long as you get it done when it matters. And this yep. team has done it. And yep. yeah, geez, I don't know how much more, I don't know what more I could say about this team. They, they, <laughs> they just have talent on every, they, they've got the superstars on every line and it's, it's almost, you know, superstars isn't even just, you know, putting a bit of mayo on it, but they've got players there that could walk into any other team, but they, they don't pump out the superstar numbers like a Jazzy Garner or a Mon Conti or, no. Or the likes like that, you know. Dakota Davidson kicked about twenty three goals, which is probably top five off the top of my head. Well, Dax, Dax had an absolute A grade, elite player sort of year. Had an absolute A grade season. Ellie Anderson had an A grade season, but she's not pumping out 30, 30, 30 disposals a game like like some of the others. No, but I think that that's just what it is, Doc. It's they're a system based team. They always have been the Lions, and that's why it doesn't matter who's in there. Um, they're just someone's going to lift and, and take the opportunity as they do every single week. Um, and I don't know how we're going to give these votes out here, gentlemen. There are so many players uh, in this Brisbane team, and you know, kudos to North as well. Some really good in- individual performances too. But um, look, someone's got to get them. We've got to do our three-two-one. Uh, Miller, kick I'm us off. Starting though. All right, all right. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Go on. I said it's hard. I'll do it myself. One vote, gentlemen. One vote. I said it a million times. This young lady is a big game player. Belle Dawes gets my one vote. Yeah, Dawes. Like I said, she set the tone in the midfield for the Lions when they were really, really struggling uh, and changed her role mid-game, stopped being the ball winner, started being the pressure, uh, and she did it excellently. Uh, So she gets my one Two votes, it's hard to ignore even in a losing side. Jazzy Garner, boys, what what more can we say about what she adds to this North Melbourne team? She's the best player in the league for a reason, um, and she was absolutely enormous. 24 touches on two goals, yeah, it speaks for itself, really. Uh, and three votes, uh, I think they got it right with the uh, the best on ground medal voting, and a, a huge congratulations oh. to her. Brie Cohn, the super skipper of this Lions team. Uh, it could have been anyone. It really could have been anyone, I think, in this game that they could have stood up and had this kind of performance. But uh, Brie Conan is just that bloody capable of leading a team into war, into battle, as she did on Sunday. Uh, so she gets my three votes, boys. Jeez, that's good, Cat. That's that some bloody good. good votes. It's a lot of pressure on us now. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go, Doc, or you want me to go? I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you, I'll spare you oh, blushes for another... Us. 
Another two, two, two minutes there, Miller. Um, look, I've actually got all three Brisbane players for my votes. Um, give them, award the winners. Um, off north. No, nah, uh, so sorry, sorry to Jasmine Garner, who I actually thought did sort of her impact dipped out after halftime a little bit. Yeah, it did, but so is the entire North team, dog. <laughs> yeah, well, whose fault's that, cat? <laughs> Brisbane team stepped up. Yeah, they're, right, getting yeah, the true, true. They're, they're getting the votes. Um, <laughs> I've got one vote to to Bell Doors. I thought her game overall was sensational. As you said, she went. She um, oh, her, her delivery to to Dax in that last quarter was just a was just beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. Twenty disposals, eighteen contested possessions, which was the most of anyone on the ground, and also thirteen tackles and 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 a couple of goal assists as well. So not only was she doing the um the pressure work, but she was actually creative across the forward half as well. Big time player, Kat. That's really that's probably one of your finest calls. Um I've given two votes to Nat Grider. Oh, I thought I thought that? I thought when the game got when the when the going got tough early, I thought uh, her work defensively was outstanding. 16 yes. in 16 inter- intercept possessions for for the match. I, you can't ignore you can't ignore a performance like that. I thought she you know, there wasn't much she, she she wasn't much she did wrong. I mean, she tackled well, she intercepted well. She was almost it's almost like she's another one that's tailor made for the big stage. You know, she had a massive game last year in in the grand final, and she's backed it up with another huge one here. And of course, he couldn't go past the uh, the best and fairest winner, Bree Conan, for three votes. I mean, started started from the halfback line was almost intercepting everything in sight, and then once uh, Stars pulled the trigger on on Spark. Took took Conan and said, "Look, we need you to stop Jazzy," and you know, stopped her. She did, and you know, she uh, got got a nice goal in the end. There, I'm not a fan of the uh, the call from Jason Bennett, though. It was a uh, very very cringe. Um, <laughs> he only does all right, uh, Benno, but yeah, look, maybe revisit that one. I think he's slipping the last month and a bit, Cat. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying too hard. Um, he's trying to be a bit clever. He's just got to let the moment come to him. You know, um, but anyway, her performance was magnificent, as you said. Deserved every three votes she got from the judges, and the judges were spot on. Actually, that's yeah. that, that, that's just another example of why the umpire should be taking the votes away <laughs> from from the uh, play from the players. Stuff your stuff your umpires. Very good, Doc. All right, throw it over to you, Miller. Come, Miller. Us, come, Miller. Suppose the answer three. Suppose I have to. Uh, my one is Nakra. As Doc said, she, she's built for grand finals. She's a bloody absolute sweat in the moment. Seven marks and seven tackles as well to 20 touches. She was absolutely fantastic. Two votes like you, Kat. I've gone for Jazzy Garner. I think without her, the, the, this North team would have been obliterated. The two goals wasn't, uh, was more than enough. She kicked half the score, but her impact around contest was elite as per usual. And three votes has to be Captain Conan, as you boys said. I mean, I can't say anything that hasn't already been said. She was just the lead on the day and stood up and no, nothing's better, I think, Kat, on Grand Follow Day than seeing your captain go berserk because everyone just says, I'll follow you, I'll do my best and take every last thing like it's their last chance. And the whole Brisbane team did that and followed to, to the captain, so she was immense. So she gets my three votes as well. Hugely deserved. Now, Kate Hoare, take notes. That's how you stand up in a big game and lead your side. She was oh. voted. Oh, look, I'll give her credit, boys. She was voted the oh. uh, the players' uh, best captain. Obviously, she's, she's... waiting all weekend to no, this no, no. Oh, home and away season. I would in agree. Final series. <laughs> final series. Uh, bottom of the rung um, oh, in terms of captaincy. Jesus, uh, but, but no, but. 
opportunity to bounce back next year and learn from it. I'm oh. sure she will, but very kind. And but, Dad, it is Melbourne we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no doubt we'll be assassinating them later. Um, oh, all right, Doc, you've got the leaderboard there. So we, we knew as of last week four players are still in the running to win it. Uh, maybe give us the, the top five, Doc. Fifth up to first. How did oh. they all finish? And then we can um, revisit the full leaderboard as well. Well, we've well we'll do the top three because there's oh, about top five, five players that are tied on nine votes. Okay, so <laughs> so um, Brie Conan obviously with the uh, the perfect game uh, on the weekend. She's finished on nine. Jazzy Garner finished with nine as well. Oh. Uh, Danielle Ponta with nine. Orla O'Dwyer had nine. Um, thought she was on for a vote or two um, early on. But she, she disappeared uh, after quarter time. <laughs> she did disappear. She did the um, old Houdini disappearing act. She's gone. Yep. Uh, and uh, Anne Hatchard also finished with nine votes. All of them were tied for third. Second place was Nina Morrison from Geelong with the 11 votes. <sighs> which, mean, which, mean the, which means the winner... Of the A3 finals, Sheila's for 2023 is Bell Yes, from Brisbane. What? A, how many votes did she finish on, Doc? She finished on 16. Cat. Uh, <laughs> runaway, runaway winner. Yes. Uh, votes, votes from uh, you and I, Cat. Almost, uh, well, pretty much got her, got her over the line there. But <laughs> even if she, even if she didn't get the vote, she would have been home and hosed because uh, Jazzy Garner. If Northwood won. She 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 might have. Might, She's got to get at least one vote. Doc. I think I think she would have. Poor Jazzy, she's been robbed of <laughs> robbed of that much this year, and she's been no, robbed by us again. Give her a vote. I, you know, you, you know what? It had dawned on me all weekend that I'd been whinging about Jasmine Garner, and here I am, the ultimate hypocrite, not giving Jazz Garner a vote. <laughs> this is as bad as the umpire stuff. Bloody oh, hell! Geez. Oh look. She she got votes last week, I think. Yeah, she did. She I think she got votes from all of Didn't us. Didn't she? Please. <laughs> uh, well, well done, Dorsey. Uh, well, geez, that's a couple of elite players to take out our very first finals, fellas and finals shielders. Ian, Bobby, Dazzler, and uh, Bell Dawes. Huge. Wow. Huge. It's massive. Two of our favourites here at A3 as yeah, well. Too. So no, no yeah. bias or anything, but... Uh, well, we have about like 150, 200 players who we claim to be our favourites. No, very, very well deserved by Beldor. She had a huge finals, and uh, I hope someone's replaying that clip of me saying Beldor is a big game player um, from during the season over and over again because she has well and truly proved that this finals. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, that's the grand final wrapped up, but we're heading into the postseason, the off season now in the AFLW, and obviously the trade rumour mill starts to go around and. A few things that have already happened, a few rumours bubbling around, but first and foremost, Doc, one that's very close to your heart here. Mm, Gabby Newton has requested a trade over to Fremantle. She's looking for a change-up in her working life, and I believe she's found some other working opportunities over there in addition to her AFLW career. So it's sad, Doc, to see her go. Another talented player losing the Bulldogs, uh, leaving the Bulldogs after you've lost that bloody many in the past few years. But you've got to be at least optimistic about the prospect of getting that first round pick from Frio in. Yeah, look, it's um, it's it's especially disappointing when when you see Gabby Newton actually had a really strong back half to the year, particularly across the uh, defensive half. But yeah, look, it is what it is, and you know it's another one that wants to wants to leave the club, looking for more opportunities. I, I don't understand this football club sometimes. I, I think it's a uh, 
I, I think it's a, it's almost like a, a breeding ground for players to come and to come and you know grow for a few years and then piss off elsewhere for Doing our, the Giants for for better <laughs> coin. Um, but look, I think we'll I think it's probably about locked in. We'll get that first round pick. That's uh, currently pick six, I think it is. Um, it's not bad. You'd be happy with that. It's not bad. Uh, it, it equates to pick three in the Victorian draft currently. I wouldn't mind, and, I, and I've tossed this around with you boys as well. I wouldn't mind seeing that pick. Uh, trade it up for West Coast picks, so we can end up yeah. with picks one and two. Um, West Coast wouldn't have to worry too much about about getting a draft pick. Uh, you know, having Fremantle assert their draft uh, their draft hand because uh, we've got their first rounders, so they can they can afford to trade down a little bit. They can still get their number one WA prospect, yeah. um, and uh, we can go to the draft with two really really talented Victorian players. I, I, I think Chrissy Lee, Weston Turner, I think her name is. Mouthful of a name, double hyphen. I can't wait um, to hear how Kelly Underwood stuffs it up from her very first game. Oh, uh, probably goes com- in a completely different direction. <laughs> knowing her, probably doesn't even get close to saying the name Weston Turner. Um, but and also Alicia Pisano is, is a player that we've had on our radar quite a lot over the years. Cat, she's going to be a, an absolute star player. Gee, she's if, a gun. If the dogs can ca- can get those two over the line, then I think. Um, you know, we're, we're looking into next year pretty optimi- optimistic we can get more than one win, but um, also sad that, uh, yeah, we, we get we get to see no more Gabby. Yeah, be, do we think uh, forward or back at the Dockers, Miller? Oh. I think, personally, I think forward pairing her with on your time makes sense. Um, another aerial presence in there that they, they've kind of lacked a bit this year. Let someone like... Gabby O'Sullivan and Haley Miller, especially, go back to spend more time in the midfield. Yeah, um, for me, that's a natural fit. Yeah, I'll say forward as well. Cat, just do the fact that holy smokes, we talked about Frio's dysfunctional forward line pretty much every week. They d- didn't have enough scoring opportunities, to, you know. Um, so they need some more threats forward of the ball. I think, um, yeah, I prefer to see a start forward. I wouldn't be surprised though if halfway through the year you see the old wacky move into the back line, but. Um, yeah, I think forward would be good for sure. Yeah, I think forward's definitely a fit. I think, mm. conti- especially when you see Anya Ty playing a little bit more higher up the ground, uh, definitely robs. Uh, and we saw at times um, they tried uh, Hetherington as, as a deep forward. They've tried uh, Wheelstra as, as a deep forward, and they're still a, a, a bit away in their in yeah. their development. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing seeing her plonk in the in you know deep forward. She can take a good contested grab. So. Wouldn't mind that, but I, I honestly think her better football is is across that halfback line. She's showed a lot this year that she can float in as a defender, can intercept well. You know, good hands overhead as we as I've just touched on. I think I think that's she almost looks better as a defender than as a forward. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Free have a lot to think about once they get her over the line. Uh, the big rumor swirling around at the moment, Miller Elise Parker is uh, very much on the radar of a number of clubs and. Geez, it's worrying for the Giants that, you know, they're, honestly, their midfield looked okay without her when she was injured this year, which is something I was very surprised about. But you still don't want to lose your best player, um, possibly. And uh, a few different clubs looking at her. Essendon is the the one that I'm eyeing off, but Richmond have expressed interest as well. I think Geelong as well, too. Um, Lots of interest coming out of Victoria. Yeah, I think pretty much anyone in Vic has declared that they'll take her, uh, which is fair enough. She's bloody good. But I'm mixed on a cat. As you said, I was really shocked, you know, they're actually okay without her. But oh, she's such an important figure, I think, for the young group. And 
I think it'd be a big blow to lose her. It'd be good for her to get the bloody hell out of there. Um, but in terms of, you know, from the Giants' point of view, Doc, losing someone like um, Parker would be a massive blow, I think. Yeah, it would, be, it would be a huge blow for them because... You have to get we've... something really good back, like well, really good. Well, that's the, well, the that, entire draft hand, basically. Well, that's that's the thing, Miller. How, how's how's it gonna how's it gonna work like that? Because it's not mm. a, you know, they can probably get maybe a, another fir- another first round pick. They don't have futures to play with like the men's do either. So it's not like it's gonna be like yeah. a, you know, it's gonna be a heavy hand. Maybe it's gonna be a first round pick and a, and, a, and a young fringe player. I was gonna say, I think they have to get a player, Doc, because unfortunately, and it's just the way that it works in the AFLW draft. Those picks are just not worth as much to the Giants, given that there's there's just not as much talent coming out of New South Wales. So they either have to convince someone from interstate to nominate uh, over in New South Wales, or yeah, they're gonna to have to, I guess, play with what they've got. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Exton is a good fit, Cat, uh, personally. Oh, I think. Jeez, I'd love to have Elise Parker and Manny Prisparkas in the same midfield. I know Essendon still have a like a, a, a midfield group that's still developing. I know Paige Scott's touting for more minutes uh, in 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 the in the years to come, and I know it's at times at times this year as well. It was almost like Prisparkas take on, but mm. you've got Daz that's not going to play for for the next year. You've got. Um, who else have you got down there? No, Joe Derner's not there anymore. Steph Kane. Uh, yeah, Kane's going to come back. Kane's going to come back in. Nance Gorn had a good had a good year, I thought, and and Jackie Vop had a had a had a had a decent year, plagued by injury, but still pretty good when she played. Hmm. Um, you get Elise Parker into that midfield group. It that soars massively. Yeah. Chris Barkers can play a little bit more loose. Um, you can get Parker as your premier inside mid, and. You know, Kano can go back on on the wing again. I mean, yeah, that that would be uh, that ideal would almost, for them. Yeah, I think that would be a, a very very neat little proposition there. Yeah, I love it. Geelong is a weird one. I really don't know that she fits. Why? In that why do they, Why do they need another midfielder? Giving up too, they'd be giving up far too much capital, why? I think. And I feel like their their bottom end of some of their younger players are really not yeah. coming on that well. I'd probably rather see them look to draft more talent in, um, than than look at you know, selling the farm for, for Parker. And Richmond, uh, interesting one as well, Miller. I mean, a midfield with Mon, Greg, and Parker sounds like it would bloody be ripping teams to shreds. But uh, once again, you have to give up a lot to get her. I wish it was so simple. Uh, it never is. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, we don't have enough assets to acquire, would be my thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you could have traded Jess Hoskin away, but um, you told her to piss off. Yeah, lucky she ended up in the paper shredder, from what I heard. So she's a shoe in for a delisted free agent spot. Yeah, she, I reckon I've got a, a, a bit of a sniff about the Saints cat. Yeah, I don't mind that. Put her on um, a wing while um, Chotch recovers. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon uh, that's that, that, that's a bit of a sniff. That is a great shout. Um, but, yeah, I, I think from the Giants' point of view, as I said, they just need to get maximum return if Park yeah. was to go. And I don't know how you value work out because, you know, sorry, I don't know how you get that return back. More, yeah. more importantly. Like because- I think it's got to be a player in there, someone who fits a need for the Giants um, to, yeah, because they've got a few gaps I think they need filling, um, yep. you know, probably across the, the board, really. Um Better quality defenders that aren't just Tani Evans, maybe a, a good start there. Um, Couldn't hurt. So, yeah, they've got to get some a, a player who's willing to go over there um, because, yeah, like I said, you really don't want them selling their entire draft hand. And it's no. probably, 
Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, not have a team sell everything they've got, and it's yep. worth less to the Giants anyway. So, yep, spot on. Yeah, good to be a player involved in there. Um, the news out of Melbourne is interesting, Doc, with a few players linked to the Hawks. Eliza West, Casey Sheriff, and Libby Birch all in that mix um, at the moment. Be a huge get for the Hawks if they could get. I mean, Sheriff, we know, can contribute up in the forward line, but Libby Birch adding her to the back line and Eliza West into the midfield, bloody hell, they'd be looking pretty nice, Hawthorne. Yeah, well, what I've heard, uh, it sounds like Sheriff to Hawthorne's pretty much uh, a done deal. Um, so that's that's going to happen. Bang. It's um, yeah, those two big ones. Eliza West, could she add another dimension to that Hawthorne midfield? That's already got two ripping names there in Lucas Frod and 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 Emily Bates. You've got an up and coming star there, and Jazz Fleming as well, and and Charlotte Basgrand can play through there as mm. well at times, uh, and and she's starting to starting to get some some real motion going in her development as well. So. That's an interesting one. I think Birch is definitely a, a better fit in terms of what they need. They just lost Catherine Brown yeah. uh, as, as a retired as a retired player, and jury's still out on, on Lou Stevenson. Personally, I think she's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a plotter. But um, <laughs> but look, that would be a massive coup to get Birch. He's uh, I think had another good year this year. Very strong, you know, one on one work and and marshalling that Melbourne defence superbly and. I tell you what, it takes it takes some money to get her to get her over the line and some incentives. That's for sure. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It'd be a good get for the Hawks, though, as you mentioned, Doc, because you know an experienced head. I mean, she's seen a, a bit and then some, Libby Burt. So, um, I reckon if you're the Hawks, Kate, you got to go all in, try and yeah. get try and get her across because it it just add so many big pluses to the group. And um, I suppose. Well, wonder what they're going to do coach wise. Have they said Hawthorne what who they're looking at as a replacement yet? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I assume they I'm started not, the, the process. I hope um, so. But... Jesus. <laughs> yeah, not not much news going on it. I haven't heard any sniffs. I just sort of uh, wondered wondered if c- there's any about. A couple, couple of words going on that Daniel Harford's uh, having a word. Oh, yuck. Oh, yuck. Please do not. Yuck. Please do not, Hawthorne. You want to end up like Carlton, idiot? Tell you what, I watched the, uh, the the Fox Footy coverage and his his Chrome Dome nearly blinded me. Uh, <laughs> West Coast eyeing off uh, Daisy Pierce as well, boys. That they've oh. talked to her about making her an offer to come over and coach. Which, geez, it'd be hard to unseat her out of the Victoria nah, at the moment. I, I think I couldn't imagine it, Kat. It'd be nah. virtually impossible. Young, young family as well. She's still yeah, got, very, so very I'll, cushy roles at Geelong and, and seven as well. Doc, I think she's she's quite settled. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> We'd have to take a mammoth effort. Maybe West Coast <laughs> offer the the idea of um, coaching from Victoria. Uh, <laughs> coach from home. Get her on Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> have, have, have the assistant coach hold up the uh, the iPad and uh, Daisy Pierce is talking to them through the uh, Zoom camera. Oh, Attention. Shit. Uh, another one that's official as well, boys. Yasmin Dersma has requested a trade yes. out from Port over to Carlton. Uh, an interesting move, Miller. She's kind of been she, – she's played a, a fair bit across her first couple of seasons but hasn't really solidified a role or a spot in the team. Um, comes into a blue side that's obviously still young and, and rebuilding. I, I can see her being a, a natural fit in there, maybe on, on a wing, possibly on a half-back flank. Um, I don't know, free up someone like Kez to keep playing more midfield time. I think yep. she could go well in the blue system. Yeah, I think, as you said, Kat, it's a great fit in terms of what direction Carlton are going in and just another player to add to the core rebuild. And um, I don't think it'd take much to get a 
Get her across, surely not, Doc. Um, it is poured after all. Uh, no, one, <laughs> no one cares about them. Um, uh, I don't know. Carlton might be wanting an extra uh, extra fourth round pick in return. A little uh, bit of uh, Peter Andrew Mackey action, Doc. <laughs> Andrew Mackey operations just to give Port a little bit of PTSD from uh, two months ago. Uh, <laughs> A, a port, have they got anyone that they're targeting port? I haven't heard much about them yet. Uh, think there's very little much else. So I was going to say if you boys had heard the other rumours around because that's about the extent of it at the moment. Well, I know I know Caddy Lynch is uh, calling oh, yes. a big, off, big offer from Gold Coast, so uh, I'll gladly pack her bags. Um, <laughs> Fly fire up, Doc. Fire off! Oh, jeez, catch! Uh, I, I thought I thought her thought her skills by by foot were bad last year, but she took turnover merchant to a whole new level this year. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I think if she can clean up her disposal, she'll be good in defensive system. The Suns have players that can use the ball. Just 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 tell her to give it to Daisy Darcy every time she gets it. Uh, yeah, don't don't, don't let her kick it. There's I no did... there's no denying Miller. Sorry that that, no, that her aerial work is. Sublime. I mean, I thought you know, all Australian last year didn't get it for you know walking around the walking around the bloody paddock. She was actually quite a good mark. Yeah. So if she just continues to play to her strengths and just sort of dish it off to a Daisy Darcy type, then she'll hmm. be a great fit anywhere. Yeah, her and Vistar together in the air would be yeah phenomenal. I did hear another bark about the Suns boys. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, but Isabel Lewis from the Eagles, which doesn't make much sense because she's Ooh. from WA. But I have heard the Suns have asked about if she's available. Um, for trade, so that would be interesting. It'd take a lot to get her, I think, out of out of the Eagles more than anything, because you know she was picked three, wasn't it, back in twenty twenty? Yeah, I think that's why the Eagles are pushing hard, um, Doctor, yeah. to lock down a coach because they're really going to have to sell a lot of these young players on the vision of the next five or so years, because otherwise, you know, Charlie Thomas signed on, which is very very good, and um, so did Rowley, and I believe the Goat Tour is still under contract too, but. There's a lot of other promising young players that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just chatting around to a few different clubs at the moment. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I heard Laidley, uh, Danny Laidley was, uh, was put her hand up and said she wanted to coach again. So that's that's a, that'll be an interesting development, whether or not mm. the Eagles want her on board. But um, no, it's certainly interesting. I mean, we all know her, her previous credentials as a coach, obviously different times now. So... You'd hope she has to adapt and and and, yeah, and yeah. adjust to just to um you know new style. We've got to be more of a people person, a bit of a listener. Um, Jeez, you just hope to actually go through a full process, West Coast like. <laughs> just get a better coach than Mick Pryor. Oh, I mean, shit. Um, Jeez, it couldn't couldn't be too hard, could it? Miller? No, no. I reckon go down to the local Centrelink Centre and uh, you can pick up someone the way it's going at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting bark I heard, boys. Just because. Yeah. You know, for the Suns, it would be huge for the Suns cat, but it'd be—I think it'd be pretty hard to pry. You know, Izzy away from WA, where where she's you know from, obviously. But Mm. was a little whisper I heard about, but um, don't know how much legs it's got. I mean, you know, it's rumor mongering, I suppose. Uh, one one more one that I was looking at as well was uh, Zimmy Farquharson, who obviously oh yes, coming to the dogs, isn't she, Doc? Obviously, sat out the year. Uh, I know the dogs are chasing her. Whether or not she's confirmed she wants to go to the dogs uh, is another different story. But I wouldn't. One fucking game. Yeah. No. Look, it would, t- it would take some doing to persuade anyone to come over, uh, given given the state they're in at the moment. But hey, Zimmy's uh, got some promise. Stock good. Um, you know, she she showed a bit when she played. Uh, obviously, took the the year off for personal reasons. Um, but. 
I think she'd add to your forward line for sure, especially if you can get someone like Pisano in alongside her. It's a sort of medium forward type and a small forward added in there in one go. You'd be happy with that. Yeah, it would be nice. All we have to do now is just find a genuine bloody key forward. <laughs> They'll keep <laughs> leaving. <laughs> Millie Brown's not going to do it. Um, <laughs> certainly wasn't Gabby Newton. And I don't think Alice – is that why we were targeting uh, Ali Morford? Oh, so, no. so it could plonk the big show oh. up forward? <laughs> oh, no. Probably, actually, yeah. Thinking about yeah, the mastermind yeah. behind uh, any sort of dogs recruiting doc, I'd say yes. Yeah, a nice, yeah. slow four key forward draw with uh, <laughs> Moody and the big show in there, dog shit. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Kill me now. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I reckon. Um, yeah. Also, I just saw, just saw the um, some of the list changes as well. Yvonne Bonner, Lisa Whiteley at Adelaide announcing their retirements. Um, yeah, inter- interesting ones. I mean, Whiteley wasn't getting a, a good crack this year. Mm. She'd been in the list in and, in and out of that Adelaide team last couple of seasons. And Bonner, uh, obviously coming back this year, um, was okay in the game she played. Some of the Adelaide fans didn't see uh, otherwise, but um, no, look, she she was a she was a pretty fair player when she was at the Giants. So um, yeah, best best of luck to the both of them. Uh, Geelong also delisted uh, Ingrid Hootsma, Mia Skinner, and Sammy Gooden. So mm. uh, Hootsma, a tall target, um, played at Richmond. Uh, Mia Skinner had a second stint at the Cats. I think came back. Came in, I think it was 2019, I think it was. Uh, yeah, didn't came like, after a pretty good VFLW showing for a couple of have, years. But yeah. did, did have a very good VFLW season, I must say. But, yeah, never never got never got the look in. Uh, so that's a bit stiff. But, yeah, um, I think that's it. I think I did see something as well about Jackie Yorston being targeted. Yeah, she got delisted, um, Yorston. So I don't know if maybe she's that's interesting. done with footy because she was a quality midfielder when mm. she was playing at her best at the Suns, Miller. And um, obviously she took the year off also um, for personal reasons. I'm not really sure what sort of happened there. But I don't know, maybe the, the love for footy's just gone. It's obviously hard still in the AFLW when a lot of players aren't really getting paid living wages, you know. Um, so, look, I mean, if a club, if, she, if she's still on the market and the club's looking to add to their midfield depth, I think she'd be a good option. But, um, yeah, she'll be a sort of wait and see, I think, Austin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a, I think, as you said, Kate, it'd be interesting to see if she just sort of steps back from, from footy in general or, or what happens. But, yeah, I mean, it's all going to heat up. It's a couple of three days. Opens <laughs> on the seventh. Doesn't it? Come back here and sit down. There's going to be a lot more flying around. Oh. I think that that's about all that's going oh, yeah. on at the it's moment. It's exciting though, isn't it, Cat? It's the best thing about the uh, for W season. It actually, does not stop. <laughs> it does not. But um, I think that's going to do us for this week's episode, boys. Thank you so much for listening along and thank you so much for coming along with us on this AFLW season as well. It's been an absolute ripper and been absolute hectic chaos for us once again with these two seasons running alongside each other. But we made it to the end. We'll have the trade period and the the draft and then we'll probably have a little holiday, I imagine, before the men's season previews start rolling out. Thanks so much for coming along with us on this year. A few more episodes to go this year, as we said, as well. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when new episodes come out. A3Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at A3Footy on Twitter. And, of course, we've got our email, A3Footy at gmail.com. With all that said, and after a bloody fantastic AFLW season, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Thanks for coming along with us on A3. Stick with us for the draft and the trade coming up before you bloody know it. Go Stars, you are the GOAT. Go on, Conan. You are a barbarian. Bad luck, North.